We're looking at TikTok. We may be banning TikTok. We may be doing some other things or a couple of options. <laughs> We're just getting started. The name is Dr. Disrespect. Hello everybody, I'm Justin Ragers here, and today we got a lot that we're going to be going over. We're first going to be going over Doc, streaming on YouTube. If you don't know who Doc is, that's Dr. Disrespect. We're also going to be going to go over Trump's executive over order of banning, you know, the good old app TikTok. Then we're going to be going over the iPhone 12, not getting the Xbox Game Pass on it. And we got a few more things, but my co-host Brad is going to be going over that one. Brad, what else are we going to go over today? Stuff. Lots and lots of stuff. Stuff, huh? <laughs> like, I know there's one big thing that you really wanted to talk about. We'll that, save that for the last. Best for last. Best for last. Can you at least give him a teaser of what we're doing? <laughs> it involves space. There you go, guys. It, it, it involves space, I guess. One more thing I do have to say. I did promise you guys that Brad was going to be here. I know if you watched the trailer, Brad was crickets. But he's not crickets. He's here. They I, do make chocolate-covered crickets, though. Those are delicious. I've, I've never had chocolate-covered crickets, but I, they, they, they might be, I guess, if you had them. You have to try them. You can't, you can't just not uh, write them off if you haven't tried them. That's a thing. I don't know. Good in protein. Speaking of... You like of, to go to the gym. So there you go. Uh, There's your protein for the oh, day. Yeah? Just chocolate-covered uh, potato crickets. Wait, you say potato? Yeah, they they also have cricket potato chips. I think they have grasshopper potato chips as well. The hell? Okay, all right, you know, we're getting, we're, getting, we're getting sidetracked here a little bit. I mean, speaking of not giving things a try, I mean, the first topic we're going to be talking about here today is uh, the doc going to YouTube. I know you didn't really watch the doc too much, and I know you read a little bit about it, but you uh, said you weren't a big fan of his by just reading about him, if I am correct. Well, I, I, I guess it's a little bit biased just because of the name. I mean, Dr. Disrespect, I mean, I get it. I guess it's a, sh what is it, like a fashion statement or some kind of trend. Maybe not so much a trend as in just saying like a statement that that's what he's about. Maybe I'm not giving a fair assessment. Because I haven't really watched any of his stuff. It's just kind of something, one of those things. If, you know, I don't look to do it, just the name, I guess, when it comes into gaming. But enough said about that. So it looks like the main core content of it, like you said, where you sw switched from Twitch to YouTube. So there's a reasoning behind that, which is yet to be known. Yeah, actually, the main reason is because, like I said, I know that he got banned from Twitch, from like out of nowhere, there's really no information really about that because he hasn't really spoke much about why he's been banned. I mean, my opinion of that, I mean, like, yes, I know we don't really like the guy. I'm, like, I'm not a fan of him either. I, I've seen some of his streams. One thing I do say, though, he does bring a crowd in. I know on, like, his first stream on YouTube, he didn't even use a webcam, and he brought in, like, 500,000 viewers without a webcam. Yeah. The, the thing about that, though, is, uh, like, you know, 
as you know, as it was saying on some of the stuff that you read about online, I mean, a good point of that, why he brought in was like 500 K viewers for that was that people just, I, I want to say a good majority of it was, they just wanted to figure out why or what happened with Twitch. Why do you go to YouTube on that, on that note? But cause what he had like a multi million dollar contract with, with right. Twitch. And then all of a sudden it just poof goes away no one knows and they're keeping it under hush hush so of course he's gonna have a huge audience because people want to know what he did or what twitch did essentially i should say to an extent yeah no like i said that's that's gonna be a big thing like i said of course you're really viewed after what of not being there for a month you're gonna draw in the numbers it's just gonna happen i i've actually seen like a little bit i kept reading about it today a little bit more i know his second stream on there, I mean, when he first started, it was like 100,000. So it, it, it dropped, of course, but, I mean, that's expected. I do like to talk about kind of like what that's going to do to like all the other streaming platforms. That's if he stays with YouTube. Because the nice thing, like I said, that I read about, he's not exclusively with YouTube where he only streams there. He's actually thinking about testing out Facebook gaming as well as he has like his own little Champions Club uh, website that he's planning on testing out. I mean, I feel like that's going to shift the elevation because Twitch, Twitch is king. Everybody knows that Twitch is uh, still the king in the market today. But I know at the end of 2019, they had like 61% of the market share for streaming. Speaking of that, you know, on top of that, you know, I mean, this doesn't pertain well. It does, but it doesn't for what we're talking about right now. We're talking about the, the Twitch giant, one of the bi the biggest industry out there for streaming with games. So, uh I stumbled upon something a little bit a little bit ago. I don't know how true it is. There's a lot of stuff that you have to research into it, but apparently it looks like Amazon might be actually looking to acquire Twitch. Uh, they, they actually own Twitch. They actually are owned. Do they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, see Brad. Really? Brad's here is a gamer, not a streamer. See, I'm I'm actually the yeah. more the streamer kind of guy here, so that's why I'm. This is clearly you can see whose topic this one is here. It's definitely more towards my end. But I know, but yeah, I taught Brad something. Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, owned by Amazon. Don't worry, there's a first for everything. Exactly. I mean, there's we always learn things. I get that 100%. But no, like I said, I know Amazon had, or Twitch's Amazon had 61% of the share in 2019. But of course, Dr. Disrespect was still there. 27.9% was the next, and that was YouTube that had 27% of the market. So, I mean, the way that's probably going to shift, I'm thinking you could pro I mean, he was probably one of, if not the biggest guy on Twitch. I mean, so. It's, it's just weird because, uh, like, uh, after, you know, looking into this article, to be honest, like, again, I, I guess I'm not in the streaming world. But I, I this is the first I'm actually hearing of Dr. Disrespect. I feel like I'm one of the few people that has no idea who he was until recently. Oh, no, no, like I said, uh, 100%, like I said, I mean, you got to have to be in to streaming to kind of get in, to know what, who he is. Like I said, that's kind of the thing. I mean, even if you're a gamer and you don't do streaming, you might know who he is, but like I said, not 100%, everybody's going to know who he is. And I mean, well, the next, well, oops, sorry, go ahead, I wasn't going to cut you off. The thing about it, though, is like, the, you know, the two that comes to mind for me when I talk about gaming and streaming, the two known ones that i know of you know everyone normally if you mention pewdiepie everybody knows who he is apparently 
I mean, I know of him, but I wouldn't say I've actually watched his stuff. So, again, like, you know, just saying Dr. Disrespect, I still the first thing I'm hearing about. And then, of course, you know, there's Ninja. Oh, yep. Good old, good old Ninja. Or no, <laughs> we're not going to get into the good topic of Ninja. Like I said, I don't have, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a issue with Ninja. I mean, like I said, the thing about this is like these streamers is even if you don't like any of them, they're talented. You got, you, they are in their own special way. They're talented. I mean, if you've seen like Dr. Disrespect's things, his editing is just phenomenal. Like his visual effects, his editing, his production value, they're just absolutely stunning. I'll say it. Oh, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying that he's a bad streamer by all means. I just I don't know enough about him. But clearly he's doing something right because look, he's got a multi-million-dollar contract that he would have been doing with Twitch. Did yeah. Who knows? Yes, did. That's why I said would have been doing with Twitch. But on that aspect, you know, again, he has to be doing something right. And who knows where he? The possibility now, maybe with YouTube or Facebook, but we'll see where it goes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, like I said, I'm just going to kind of finish reading off this uh, Facebook gaming, uh, well, hold up, this like ex this chart that like how well they did with growth and everything and how much they own of the market. So I'm just going to end it with kind of with that. Like I said, Twitch last year, the end of 2019, when Dr. Disrespect was still there, was at 61%. Uh, that was the year before, 2018, they were at 67.1%. So they lost some of the share. Of course, like I said... YouTube was next with 27.9% of the market, so almost, almost 30%. Then after that was Facebook with only 8.5% of the market. And then in dead last, I always have to say it just because it's a little personal, rip to Mixer because they were at 2.6% <laughs> two, two, of the market. All I got to say is rip to that. But like I said, my predictions, like I said, I'm going to do a little bit of my predictions here. With that move, like if he stays to YouTube, I could see them probably going roughly almost to, I'd say 35%. I'd see Facebook going up to maybe 15%, then Twitch still having the rest by the, uh, the end of 2020. That's just my personal predictions. I mean, of course, if you're listening to this, you can feel free to tweet at us at uh, GamersWorld. You'll be able to find us on Twitter. You can tweet us what you think, all that good stuff. What do you think, Brad? Do you think you're going to see a big shift at all with those numbers with one of the biggest streamers on Twitch switching to YouTube? Uh, with YouTube, I'm not so sure. Like, I mean, YouTube has a strong presence in just about everything, especially since being owned by Google. But, you know, just as, like, the years have gone, gone by on it, I mean, it's still profitable be, to be in the YouTube market, especially for streaming and stuff like that. I mean, that's what it's known for. But... You know, as restrictions keep getting made and depending, you know, it's not just for YouTube, but YouTube has done a lot more restrictions, I feel, versus any other streaming platform as form of getting payment or something like that. But that, again, that is my personal opinion. It's all right. We, we can have our personal opinion. We are not the professional news guys. <laughs> I'll say it now. We're not meant to be Mr. Professional Anchorman here. That ain't me. Uh-uh. Kind of the next topic we're going to talk about, which is going to be another hot topic that was in the news this whole week, and it was Trump's executive order banning TikTok. I mean, that really isn't, I guess, 
gaming news in a way because TikTok isn't gaming. But I mean, the companies that they ban uh, is the thing that's kind of gaming because I know one of the big players in there that's getting banned is Tencent. And if you don't know who Tencent is, they own League of Legends. They own 40% of Fortnite. I know they have like Riot Games is theirs. Yep. Riot Games is in there. So they, they have a big share in the market. And of course, now my new personal thing that I may, I might be pl uh, plugging a little bit here. They also have a new streaming service that they started like, I don't know, like three months ago, if that, called Trovo Live. Plus also something that is a thing. So, I mean, like I said, that's kind of a huge news to the gaming world that, hey, something could be banning that. What do you think about that, Brad? About them banning uh, TikTok? TikTok and kind of putting restrictions on like Tencent, you know, the kind of guys that are big in gaming, Tencent and all that. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of things to be noted there. You know, you, so we're, we're looking at the whole privacy thing that was the major thing as to why they were why i guess trump was going to look at proposing bans of course saying like you know china may be documenting everybody's information based off of what they send and stuff like that so getting into the whole privacy thing you know so their fear is that they are tracking what people are saying so just people in general. So if we start thinking about that, they're taking it a step further, thinking about, you know, government workers or military start possibly making like a classified, we'll say documents or whatever you want to call it and saying that's the whole reason why they don't want TikTok is because they're viewing it as, you know, since it's a po really popular app and it's a owned by, you know, a Chinese government and such as to why they're saying it's a privacy issue. So I could see it, but at the same time, you know, a lot of a lot of companies out there, even United States companies do the same thing whereas the whole privacy thing which will lead into kind of like our whole our next topic about Apple with like their whole thing with sending new apps or games to be checked by the Apple guys before it can go into the actual iOS market. So one thing that I'd like to, you know, point out, I mean, everyone does their bads and goods, but like ten, speaking about Tencent for the, for the moment is like, as everyone well knows, we're, what kind of pandemic we've been facing, the coronavirus. And just something I wanted to point out that, you know, that they do do is they donated, I think it was about over like one to two million dollars to the corona relief effort. And it wasn't just for one particular country that went to multiple different countries. So, I mean, I can't say that the company's all bad, but again, we only see a lot of things that we're able to see depending on, you know, the censor censorship of the internet. So that's kind of my view on it. Yeah, no, like I said, I know like when it first came out, like I said, once again, I am actually part of Trovo.Live, a Tencent-owned company. So when I heard about that, I'm like, are you serious? Like I said, I, <laughs> I just got here. I got into their, like, partnership program and everything there. Uh, but I know, like I said, reading into it, and a couple hours later, I guess, uh, the White House told the LA Times that it was just going to be specifically meant for the WeChat service that they that Tencent owns, and it's not going to be for, like, League of Legends what else riot none of that that's like it's not gonna have an effect on that i guess 
WeChat. So is is it just like another texting app or? Uh, it's a very similar, like, yeah, it's pretty sure it's a texting app. And then, of course, it's going to be like video conferencing and doing all that. So it's just another thing like that. So the other thing I just wanted to note, like, you know, the other thing on that is like if TikTok wanted to stay around, the chances of it staying now are due to the statement of saying if TikTok wants to stay in the American market, that they should release that app to a United States company. And I know, was it? I think Microsoft was looking. I think that's what they said was Microsoft was looking to acquire it. Yeah, Microsoft was looking into it. I also heard rumors, just rumors, of course, that I think Facebook is trying to make something very similar to TikTok and that they would kind of try taking over, at least in the United States, for TikTok. Yeah, see, uh, that's all fine and dandy. I get that. But, you know, if we want to start, you know, avoiding uh, this is just my personal thing. If we want to kind of stay in the loop together, especially with like, you know, other gamers and stuff across the world. And, you know, I feel like there should be a, you know, a giant out there to be able to, you know, provide that app. It kind of keeps everybody in the loop. One thing I guess we have Facebook for that, but still. I don't know. I mean, if you talk to people that play games and everything like that, I, a lot of them are going to say, I go to Facebook for games. They, a lot of them don't. That's the thing. Facebook nowadays is kind of more of, that's where I do things with my friends and family. I want or something it's different. Or verification for, <laughs> for another phone game. <laughs> that too. Or verification for, <laughs> or for a phone game, indeed. <laughs> See, there was a lot of ch uh, like chatter about that kind of being, uh, quote, a gross abuse of power by, like, Trump. Like, saying that, hey, that's kind of abuse of power that he's sanctioning well, that from everybody, I guess. I, I can agree to that to a point. I mean, the whole, the whole thing about saying it needs to become a United States company in order for it to actually be in the, in the app, Apple iOS store or the uh android play store there we go wow <laughs> android play store i think that's just kind of you know just a sign of bullying to me to be honest again now if you start looking into the whole privacy concerns now maybe there's a reason for it but then again every company out there is trying to get your private information uh, yeah. as it is like whether they verbal at least say it or say no we don't now of course there's no black and white saying that they do that because a lot of companies do take your pri privacy information very, they take it very seriously. So when I say that, I'm not just saying a lopsided saying, oh, nobody cares, but, you know, there's two sides to every spectrum. There's yin and a yang. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I know, like I said, I've been reading articles about all this and so there's not really any clear thing of what the real story is behind it because I know TikTok has been like the subject of national security, like the review of it for about a year now. So they've been kind of reviewing it for at least a solid year. So, I mean, they could find something very logical why they would. But, I mean, everything that's kind of being published is kind of like it just doesn't seem to make sense at this point. But that's just kind of my personal opinion about that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure under the surface there's some way, shape, or form for reasoning that they won't reveal. But I guess that's just kind of where we stand on that. At the Not where we stand, but where it stands in general. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, because, because like I said, I know, like, the CI even did things until, uh, like, the New York Times that they haven't really found any evidence that there is any spy agencies in there. So that's why I said it kind of debunks the thing of Trump calling it spy, spyware or something like that, spyware app. And I'm like, that. but like I said, once again, like you said, everything nowadays is a spyware app. The webcam that we film things with is could be spying on us. Hi, government. How's it going? You know, kind of things like that. It's, we really hate to say it, but in America and everywhere else in the world now with all the technology, do we really even have privacy anymore? I don't know. I think, uh, I think it's a fool's gambit to think that, you know, unless you're living like one of, one of those people that live completely under the radar, I mean, some way, shape, or form, you, you, you're out there, whether you want it to be or not. Exactly. I mean, just do a Google search once. You'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll see how much is out there about you. It's very surprising. But yeah, no, we should probably uh, get on to our third topic of discussion here, which is going to be about the Xbox Game Pass coming to the phone and it not coming to the iPhone. So I guess around... Uh, Mid-September, Xbox is going to be launching about 36 games from its uh, Game Pass library onto Android. So, like, when the new Androids come out and everything like that, they're going to be able to play everything you play on, like, the PC. Not quite the Xbox, because that's the full thing. But it's very similar to the PC. So, I mean, I think, in my personal opinion, that's a really cool move to do, that Xbox is, like, you know, putting their services on the phone. It's kind of making gaming a little bit more united where it doesn't matter what console you have everything like that so i find it in my personal opinion that it'd be stupid that apple didn't want to take part of that because i mean the the phase now is i want to be able to play with anybody no matter what platform they are on that's kind of what it's all about nowadays uh i don't i don't think they have an actual game list out there yet for what's actually going to be able be available for project x cloud but that being said another thing like we were just talking about with like privacy concerns and stuff like that so with apple a lot of their information and stuff like that well we won't say information we'll say apps games whatever you're going to make okay and you want it to be on the ios market it has to go to apple to their developers and their security teams and they have to look it over and it they deem it where it's too intrusive or you know it doesn't agree with their standards then they reject it and essentially that's what's what's happening there is they feel it's taking on too much information that they don't want their users to be exposed to so that's what's stopping it from coming to the iphone uh see uh, or the ios market i should say see the way that like I said, a lot of this one's going to be a kind of a little bit of a personal thing. I mean, I know when it comes to iPhone, they're all one operating system. So they're usually the easiest out of any of them to kind of like develop for just because they're all intertwined with each other because it's one operating system. I know like if you go to Android, they're on Samsung, ZTE, uh, LG, Motorola. They're all on these different like operating or systems of phones and everything. 
and I would say that that's almost true. I mean, there's different versions of the Android-based operating system that each phone is choosing to run. Um, so when making an app or something like that, they have multiple ones that they have to try to make it work for and kind of make band-aids for the older ones if they're able to. But most of them are running essentially the, behind the scenes down to the nitty gritty is going to be the same, let's say, software. It's just it's going to be optimized differently and changed here and there. I don't know. Like I, said, I, just, I just feel like apple is a company that if they didn't make it if it's not their design they're not gonna do anything about it like it's i don't know it's just really know, greedy in my opinion to apple to, to do that i mean they're cutting out their whole audience from being able to experience games with a bunch of other people it's i don't know well, it's not necessarily saying though either like uh was it the, the games that may be available on game pass you know are, are they multiplayer games or are they just single single player games you know that's something that's yet to be said i believe unless there is a current listing out that i i just say i haven't found that list i know like for sure minecraft dungeons is going to be one that i saw on that list that's the one of a big one that i did see that they're going to make minecraft dungeons meaning see i don't know like i said I don't know if that one's quite cross-platform, though, at the moment. I don't think that one is. I know Minecraft is, but I think Sea of Thieves is another one that's going to be on there. That's a, an interesting one. I feel like that's going to take a lot of processing power to be able to put that out on there, especially, like, you know, there's a... It's going to be interesting when you see it done because, the gra you know, the graphics cards that we have in our computers versus what you have in your consoles... And then you're talking about putting it onto the phone. I mean, so. Yeah, but a lot of big it, companies have done it. Like, look at Call Call of Duty. That's a graphically intense game when it comes to the consoles. But you, you've played Call of Duty Mobile. You you see the graphics quality. Of course, it's not going to be as good as the console. They they dummy down the graphics quite a bit, from what I see when it comes to like the mobile games and everything. But I mean, I so say you're not really going to need the best quality on the small little screen like that it's not quite as necessary so i feel like it could be done but of course like you said yeah they're gonna have to do something just because like i said it's not gonna be able to run like it would on a console or pc or anything like that uh, so yeah the next thing we're gonna be talking about this one, I have absolutely, this is going to be 110% a Brad segment. The next two are going to be more of a Brad topic. I'm going to try my best. But uh, yeah, if you guys have ever played Alan Wake, it is finally returning in a way. You want to tell them yeah, about that? Yeah, it's going it's to be a DLC. Uh, I guess it, it's a little bit of a tough one to talk talk about just because I don't I haven't played most of the DLCs. I played the main story game of it, and it's if you don't know what Alan Wake is, it's a very it's a third person and thriller game is really what it is. It's thriller and suspense. So if you like kind of like a little bit of a horror slash mystery, that's kind of what it is, and it takes you on this whole adventure that Alan goes through and stuff like that so basically as it goes through the dlcs where it leaves off and this contains spoilers just so you know if you haven't played the game al they alan wake doesn't get the ending that people wanted 
we'll say, because they don't finish it, is from what I gathered. But now they're coming out with this control DLC. And this control DLC is going to start showing you what happens to Alan. What 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 happened and where did he go? And that's pretty much all the kind of news that they really have on it because it's so new. But it's going to be interesting to play, especially if you're into suspense and thrillers and a little bit of a horror mystery. It's a good game to play. See, that's that's probably a good reason why I didn't play it because when it comes to me and horror games, it is terrible. I uh. Well, it's not, it's not even like a straight, straight up horror. It's more or less just kind of one of those things that gets you jump a little bit. It's like a jump scare. Like, almost. like, like Outlast? Is it as oh, creepy yeah, as Outlast? I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say it's as creepy. It's, it, <laughs> they definitely, they don't have gore in this, in this game. And that's part of what makes it a real big kind of standout game because it does such a well it does such a great job with the story and being able to keep you zoned in on it on the edge of your seat but anyways like i was saying it keeps you on the edge of the seat it doesn't have that gore and they do just a fantastic job in that and being able to experience it you kind of feel like you're there and, and you know it leaves you wanting more and through the other dlcs that they had out i heard it was still fantastic to play but I guess this is the conclusion that kind of everyone's been waiting for for a very long time. Because the last time an Alan Wake DLC or game was out was for the 360. Yeah, I guess uh, it was a 2010 game. So it's been roughly 10 years. 10 years, yeah. That since, sounds about right. since that game came out. So yeah, some people that might listen to it, they weren't even probably born when, <laughs> when that game came out. Some of the people that like, listen to this stuff. But no, like I said, uh, do you know when that DLC is coming out? Because like, so what I'm reading, it says... Oh, Looks like oh, 27th of August. Yeah, definitely, yeah, the 27th of August. So, I mean, I've never played it. You said it's third person, right? Yes, it is a third person game. <sighs> okay, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, I gotta stop being biased against third person games. I, I know. It's just a lot of story, good story-based games that are third person. You know, yeah, if no, you're looking is... for a good story game, third person may be a good way to look. Yeah, I said that's definitely true. Like I said, I know Gears of War is a great storyline. I've played at least a couple of them with that one. I heard Alan Wake, of course, is yet a good one as well. Like you're saying, uh, I'm pretty sure Alan Wake is for pretty much everything, right? Like PlayStation, Xbox. I I think it is. I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure, but hold on one sec. We can definitely find that out. Because I know, uh... I believe, yeah, it is. Uh, it does look like it is for the PS4 as well. I believe it's on PC too. Yeah, more than likely, like I said, Alan Wake. I don't think it wasn't exclusive for anything. So, no, it, it definitely is a multi-platform game. We're gonna do a little bit of a drum roll here. Speaking of third-person great games, uh, Brad has a little bit of a thing he wants to talk about with this next segment here. So yeah, we're going to be talking about Mass Effect. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> oh yeah, sorry. here we go. Sorry, I, we I go. had to clear the throat a little bit. I had, I've had i been talking a long time. You have to clear the throat a little bit when you talk a lot. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, Mass Effect. It's... A trilogy, and then you have one other game that kind of starts the plot for maybe a newer, 
a newer story base. So you have Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, where, where again, if you haven't played these games, there are spoilers. So all leading up to your Reaper invasion is essentially the main thing in there. So that being said, then there's Andromeda, which they send a bunch of species to a different galaxy. Again, spoilers, but something, you know, great games to definitely look into. And it looks like finally, after years and years of people speculating and people wanting it to happen, it looks like there there might be an actual Mass Effect trilogy remake. So there was a lot of talk about it earlier earlier this year saying, oh, there could be, you know, Mass Effect might be coming out in a remastered version. But the thing that really kind of tips it into the scale of how now why there's going to possibly be a Mass Effect trilogy remastered is in in Europe, I believe it was at the GameStops there, is they actually had built yeah. into their system a pre-order for a game called N7 Trilogy yeah. Remastered. Yeah. And everybody knows N7, if you know what Mass Effect is, is just a big screamer that says, hey, Mass Effect. So, yeah, like I said, I know just to help you all, they want to kind of look it up. I mean, you could type in like UK retailer game. That's the company that I guess it was. So it's very similar to like America's GameStop and everything like that. But yeah, I know what I was reading for it, of course, like I said, I guess a bunch of people got in there, put $5 down and they said, uh, what did it say again, Brad? That's going to be on you again. That's going to be, hold on, let me scroll down just to make sure it was the right one. And that is the N7 with parentheses Mass Effect Trilogy. Did, did it come with a, a date or anything that it was supposed to be coming out? Or? There, there was a pre-order date. Now, that being said, they, you know, that's one of the things that may be not the correct line. So maybe there was something in the works that was set that this is where it was going to go. Because it was, I believe, the 29th of September of this year was supposed to be the date that populated in their systems. Okay. So, like I said, you know me. You saw my reaction in the beginning of all this. I haven't played Mass Effect. I, it didn't look mo the most interesting to me back in the day on the 360. I mean, convince us why why should we play mass effect what like what makes it such a great game what should we get invested in when it comes to mass effect all right so the main thing that brought the trilogy so much fame and you can see this in their uh installments of dragon age as well because it's the same company that makes dragon age is every choice that you make has consequences so that being said, what you do in Mass Effect 1, so let's say you choose to save this race over that race, and you go into Mass Effect 2, what you chose to do in Mass Effect 1 changes what will happen in your storyline of Mass Effect 2, and vice versa. When you get into Mass Effect 3, everything you've done in Mass Effect 2 and 1 ultimately affects what your story is going to be like in Mass Effect 3. So... I mean, it leaves you with decisions that, you know, on one hand, let's say you come to a decision where you've really built up some uh, some character connection to who you're playing with and, like, your fire teams and stuff like that. So there's points where it makes you choose 
what happens to your two characters on your fire team where the possibility of if you don't if you don't choose to save this person this person's gone forever and now you have to play that whole trilogy without that person so i mean the choices in there it just hits you and makes you really feel emotion for it because you're just sitting there and staring like okay what if if i choose this what is it going to do how am i going to be affected and you know, it just, it really messes with your mind and you have to really think about it and games that it, it challenges you. It challenges you based off of what your personality is, what what your morals are, how you want to play. You can be a completely evil person. You can be a neutral person. You can be that guy that wants to save everything or you can be the person that just says, I have a don't give a shit attitude and I'm going to do whatever I think is right. Excuse me, did you just say the S word in our podcast? I'm going to have to beep that out now. No, I'm kidding. Oh, 18 and above. That's why right, it's 18 and above. above. Yeah, we're good. So not not only that, so you, you have that third. So again, it's in that third person. It's in that third person aspect. You still have, you know, it's a, a shooter-based game. You get to go and explore different galaxies. You get to explore a possibility of different worlds and you get to go see what those other worlds like any things that we speculate you know because every great game comes from some kind of imagination of somewhere whether it be different lands and and earth or you know different possibilities that we could have in the universe you know or our greatest fantasies and stuff like that there's always a an imagination that starts somewhere that gives you the idea to create and Mass Effect does that pretty well. So would you say, uh, is there any games that are like comparable to it, or is it kind of like a game that's all of its own? Um, like you said, since it's a, it is created by the same company that makes Dragon Age, and Dragon Age has that similar aspect, um, I wouldn't say that it'd be 100% on par, but it definitely, you know, as you make choices in Dragon Age, Dragon Age Origins, it directly affects Awakening. And as you make choices in Awakening, it directly it doesn't directly affect Dragon Age 2. Dragon Age 2 kind of goes into its own little story and leads up to the to another greater story of what's really going on. So what happens in Dragon Age from Dragon Age Origins, Awakening, Dragon Age 2 goes into Dragon Age Inquisition of like why why is this going this way or what choices you made. So it's just I you know if you're looking for a game where you know every decision counts and it really makes you have to think and choose your thoughts wisely of how you want a, something to go and then to see it kind of continuously progress into later games and later installments that that's the kind of series that mass effect and dragon age is so if you're really looking for a rich storyline i feel that just there's no i don't feel there's a game out there that is more massly played or no pun intended there, of course. Or maybe it doesn't have enough, let's say, attention to it where it's not well known. But they they do a really good job of kind of, again, testing your mind, playing on your emotions, and being able to, when they come out with another installation, and be like, everything you've just done now... Now you get to see what happens. Well, where am I going next? So it's another one of those things that just kind of leaves you on the edge of your seat. So if you're really looking for something, again, that just tackles your mind, then it's a really good game to play. 
All right, and like I said, I'm going to ask this for people, like I said, including myself, a lot of people like to be able to play with friends. So, I mean, is Mass Effect like a co-op game, single-player game? Because I've never physically played the game. You can boo me in the comments. I know. <laughs> people can boo me in the comments all they want. It's fine. So, when you get into Mass Effect 3, there is a co-op kind of base to it. Not for the main storyline. So, how it kind of works is they tie in the multiplayer to be kind of important to the main storyline. Whereas... Again, spoilers, there is what they call a galactic readiness. And the more you play ma the multiplayer, it boosts your galactic readiness for the final outcome. So what it kind of does is you get a fire team and you do objectives. You have hordes and hordes that come after you. You do objective base, you do eliminations, and you work as a team to essentially wipe out whatever kind of task that they give you, whatever race it is, if you're infiltrating a base or holding a position. So there's it's a lot of tactics-based um, co-op against AI. It's not necessarily against another team, per se. Um, it could be different in Andromeda. I've, I've only played Andromeda's co-op a little bit here and there. But the co-op is definitely still booming, I want to say, because even to this day, what... Mass Effect 3 is, you know, backwards compatible because it's an Xbox 360 game and there's still a strong player base on the multiplayer for Mass Effect 3. Okay, you know, like I said, all this talk about Mass Effect, you're, you're slowly getting there. Convince me to, you know, give it a good solid go again. I'm definitely thinking about it. But like I said, no, I always like to tell people, like I said, I know... Nowadays, we're in kind of like what I like to call the battle royale generation. I mean, if you're one of those people, I, I get you. But, I mean, it's always nice just to kind of step away and play like a, even just a single-player game and get an actual good storyline. Because it seems like a lot of games nowadays, they stopped focusing on the good single-player storyline. And they're all focused on battle royale or multiplayer. So, I mean... Definitely trying all those older games like Mass Effect is a good thing to actually try just because, like I said, it gives you a different experience when it comes to gaming. That's probably about all we are going to have time for today here on the Gamers World podcast. Tune in uh, next Wednesday again for our next episode. We're still going to be uh, going over the topics there because, like I said, news changes a lot. Because I know when we were doing the planning for this episode, uh, we were doing this on 8-11, so August 11th of 2020. So we were getting everything all set. And then I was reading just today that another streamer named Shroud has exclusively signed with Twitch again. So that's, like I said, it changes all the time. So tune in for next Wednesday where we talk about, uh, talk about the top news stories. And, of course, we like to switch it up and talk about games, actually, because we're the gamers world. So, yeah. I was your host, Justin Ragers, joined by... Brad, say your name, my man. I'm, I'm leading it off to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brad Renolf 406. Just, just say Brad Renolf next time, my man. No, you're good. <laughs> you're good. All right. But, yeah, hopefully you enjoy the podcast if you did feel free to share it with people tell them like these guys are goofballs they talk about some cool things or if you disagree with us let us know on our socials i mean we got a twitter 
It's at GamersWorld14. And feel free to tweet us any news that you find out that you find interesting. So tune in next week.